All right, if you have your Bibles this morning, will you please turn with me to Isaiah chapter 6. Can everybody hear me okay? Okay, perfect. Isaiah, I can't even hear myself, which that is fine. Um, just as long as you can hear me, we are good to go. Isaiah chapter 6. We'll be looking at verse 8. Isaiah 6, 8. It says here, if you read with me, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love for us, your patience, for your goodness, for your provision, for everything you do for us, above and beyond what we deserve each and every day. Father, we thank you for the privilege of uh, being here, uh, congregated together in your house this morning, and to have this time of worship, this time of fellowship, and now this time to be challenged from your word. Lord, we ask you, please, fill me with your spirit. Give me the words you'd have me to say. Nothing more, nothing less. Father, I need of you these next few minutes. We love you, Lord. We thank you for everything you've done. You continue to, we, we give you all the honor and the glory and the praise for it. In your name we pray. Amen. I've been, I was struggling with what to preach late last night as I, I prayed and I went over notes and things. And, and I had a different message I wanted to preach. And by the way, this isn't necessarily a Christmas season uh, message. You'll have to forgive me for that. Um, but it is a biblical message. And um, and this kept coming to mind. I kept thinking, okay, God, it must be you want me to preach uh, this. And um, so here we are this morning. We look at Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8. It says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, here am I, send me. The title of the message this morning will be The Voice. My, my goal is this morning we hear the voice. There's three voices we'll look at, uh, bring your attention to this morning. But the voice, in this particular instance in Scripture, we see the voice of the Lord comes down. He speaks to Isaiah and he asks him a question. Who will go? Who's going to go? Who's going to go speak? Who's going to work on my behalf? And, and, and we you see here Isaiah chimes up immediately and says, uh, and, and I, I send me. Send me. I, I ask myself this question. I wonder if we all answered God's voice unanimously. God send me. I think we could turn the world upside down in short order. I believe if God's people all said, Lord, send me. Here I am, send me. We would see God bring revival across this nation, see the gospel go to the ends of the earth in very short order. We look at the condition of the world. Did you realize, I don't know if you realized, just a few weeks ago, the population of the world hit 8 billion people. I believe it's November 15th, if I'm not mistaken. 
The world population, according to the United Nations, hit 8 billion people. 8 billion. It seems like just a few years ago, uh, there was quite a bit less. I remember 2010, the year I surrendered to serve God with my life, there was, I believe, 6.9 billion people here in the world. And the population continues to grow faster and faster despite all the efforts made of man to hinder it. And, and, and uh, there's more being born every day than pass into eternity. But the 8 billion people today, of the 8 billion today, they are, there's 42% that are unreached. 42%. That's approximately 4.6 billion people. 4.6. And that's not 4.6 million with the B. Almost half the world population today is unreached. Yet we have the truth. We say we have the truth. We say we are Christians. We're followers of God. We, we do what's right and all these different things, but the world population grows and grows, and more and more people are not hearing. The gospel message that Jesus Christ commanded us to go. The first voice we'll look at this morning is God's voice. If, and you don't need to turn there, but in Mark 16, 15 it says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. God's voice. God's voice is continually speaking, uh, has been all throughout Scripture and continues to speak today. Uh, to us and is longing for us to go and take the message, his message that, that is to be shared to the world. And his voice is continually asking us, would you please tell someone? Would you please tell, if you will, there's, I believe there's a pleading voice of the Holy Spirit. I believe there's a commanding voice we see in Scripture. And we won't get into the details of that. But God's voice is continually speaking, has Spoken and continually does, and is and is longing to, to speak to us to see us obey His will to see the message go to uh, the entire world. Um, Jesus Himself gave us the example in Scripture. If you look at the life of Christ, I enjoy reading through the Gospels and studying the life of Christ, and 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 it's a really interesting thing to see. You know, Jesus Christ was a unique individual. Jesus Christ was 100% man and 100% God at the same time. The only person to ever exist with that status, if you will. And it never has before, never has since. And But Jesus Christ, while he was on earth, he gave us the example of how we should live with his own life. And I believe if we study God's word, we find all the examples and all, all the answers of how should a Christian live. It's all in God's word. And you'll find it. And a great part of that is the example of how Jesus himself, the son of God, how did he live? What was his life about? What did he do on a day to day basis? Uh, what was it like looking from the perspective he was man? And he was. I think so many times, if you're anything like me, when you read through Scripture, uh, you, you, you read about, oh, Jesus did this miracle, and then he did this, and he did that, and he goes here, and he does that. And, and if you're anything like me, I, I tend to just dismiss it, oh, he was God. And, okay, he was God. He could do that miracle because he was God. And yes, that is true. But if we look at it from the perspective of he was man, 
takes on a different light. And we see here the main point. I want to make this. I don't need to get into the weeds of, of Jesus' life, if you will. But his life was focused all around. Everything he did, the course of his life, and especially his three and a half years of ministry, was seeing his father's kingdom advanced. See, there's a voice. His father had, had sent him here to the earth to be born, as we, we know, in this season, born in a manger, and then lived, uh, lived his, his life here. And, and there's many lessons to be learned as he lived in, in submission to his parents. And then he learned to work. And then he went on to his time as there was appointed for him of a full-time service and everything he did in and through that. But it was all pointing, even through the cross and resurrection, all to see his father's kingdom advance. Because his father's voice is continually speaking and asking and begging and pleading and commanding us to take the message to the world. If you look at, uh, you don't need to turn there either for sake of time this morning to Colossians 3. One says, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. And there's so many more scriptures you can go to to see what are we supposed to do as a Christian? How are we supposed to live? Well, God commands us, His voice says, to live for those things that are above, to live to see the gospel message to go forth, to live to see God's kingdom advanced. That's what we're supposed to live for. We're supposed to, the primary purpose of man is to glorify God, and the primary, re, the, the main way we can glorify God is, is to see His kingdom advanced. To see more people come to, to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and to grow in Christ and, and then to multiply themselves and so on and so forth. And that's what God wants from us and that's what His voice continually speaks about in Scripture. God's Word is speaking. His Holy Spirit speaks even today in our hearts. You know, as it says here, if you then be risen with Christ, if you've, if you've, if you've received the free gift of salvation, you know what a unique thing is? You were adopted into God's family the day you received that gift. And, and you're adopted into God's family. And it really, it's, it's, it's an incredible thing. On top of that, God sent his Holy Spirit to indwell in you. And now that Holy Spirit brings conviction of sin. But it also guides and directs us to do, be closer to God, to do God's will. And, and, and the Holy Spirit, if we're open, uh, uh, if we draw close to God and allow the Holy Spirit to, to we allow ourselves to hear the Holy Spirit as he speaks to us and guides us. The Holy Spirit is continually guiding us to where we are reaching more people, where we're being more effective for the cause of Christ, where we're doing more and more things so that his kingdom can be advanced. You know, when, for example, I'm, I'm at a gas station, as I am uh, so very, very often uh, as we travel full time on the road and, and I'm all the time at a gas station. But but many times the Holy Spirit tells me, hand that person a track. Have you ever been there? You've been in, this, in, in a situation and you, you believe uh, there, there's a voice inside you that says, uh, invite that person to church or, or give them a track or tell them about Christ or, or pray for that person or whatnot. I guarantee you that's not Satan speaking to you. Guaranteed. Satan doesn't want you to do such things. And I can almost guarantee it's not our flesh either because our flesh is naturally carnal. It naturally inclines to the things of the world, the things of the flesh and sin. It's not naturally inclined to, to want to do God's will. But our Holy Spirit inside of us is and is continually trying to draw us closer to God. And the Holy Spirit speaks and says, would you please do this, do that. 
And, uh, and I've had so many cases in, in my life, and, and, and I, I, sometimes I yield to the Spirit, and I do uh, what, what the Spirit had me to do, and other times, many times of which I haven't. And, I, and in my own pride, and my own way of looking at things, I'm like, no, I don't want to, and, and I'm, I'm too ashamed to go give them a track, and what are they going to think, or, or if I do this or that, and, and I, I don't, and I'm not obeying the voice of God. We see here, number one, the voice of God. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? The voice of God. Second, we'll look uh, here at the voice of man. The voice of man. We'll move on quickly uh, here. The voice of man. If you go with me to Romans uh, chapter 10, if you turn there, Romans 10 uh, verse 14. Romans 10, uh, 14, we hear, says here, How then shall they call unto him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? So then saith, so then saith um, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. He jumped there to verse 17. Here he asked three times, the Apostle Paul asked, Three times, how? How will they hear? How are they going to believe? How? How, except there be a preacher, a preacher is that person that proclaims. By the way, we can all proclaim Jesus Christ. We can all tell others about Christ. We can all, uh, in some form or fashion, in some way, or in many, many ways, we can tell others about Christ and we can, we can share what God has done in our lives. We can all be, in that form of speaking, that preacher. That preacher doesn't necessarily just mean the preacher preaches from the pulpit up here. We are all to proclaim Christ. We are all to share the message. God commands all of us to do that. Not just the preacher. But here he asks the question three times, how? How will they hear? How will they believe? How? I was at a coffee shop a while back. Um, I was sitting there with a news reporter, and uh, we were uh, having a conversation and talking about different things. And um, I remember I was trying to gear the conversation more towards uh, uh, spiritual things. I wanted to present the gospel to him. And, uh, and uh, it was a great conversation. And finally, at some point, I, I popped a question. I don't remember exactly how I said it, but I asked him essentially, what do you believe, you know, spiritually or religiously? What, 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 where do your beliefs stand? What do, you, what do you believe? And he said, you know what, Benjamin? Uh, I, I don't believe in God. And uh, he went on to say, I asked him, well, why, why do you not believe in God? And he went on to explain why he doesn't believe in God. And it's really interesting to hear, as he said, you know, Benjamin, I, I've, I've, this is a man probably in his early 40s, I'm guessing. And he um, said, I've worked this job many, many years. And I have, I've spent many years searching, many years searching for, uh, to see if there actually is a God, if there is. And you know, Benjamin, I've gone to every single religion in this city. By the way, a big city, about a million people. Uh, I, I've, I've gone to every religion, Benjamin. I've gone to every church. And I haven't found anything that's real. Nothing's real. And that's why I believe it's just, it's just a bunch of stories, a bunch of man's beliefs. It's probably religion necessarily maybe isn't bad, but I don't believe there is a God. 
it's all made up by man. And he went on and it, it was tough to get past that one point. But I remember uh, just thinking about what he was saying. He was looking. He had a voice, if you will. His voice was he's longing to hear the truth. He's longing to know uh, the God, the, the true God that is in heaven. And, and he's looking, but yet he is not finding Sad to say he's not finding because he didn't find a church that had true Christians, if you will, or Christians living a godly biblical lifestyle. He found a lot of good people, I'm sure, found a lot of religious people, but he didn't find Christianity in the biblical form as as we see uh, here because we see Scripture tells us that uh, Christ tells us if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. We know if we live as Christ would have us to live, the world will be drawn through us to him. And he didn't see that. But I remember thinking of him and his voice, a man that still today is searching, still searching. And by the way, everybody everywhere is searching for the truth. There's a voice in, in, in man. There's a longing within man because we are spiritual beings to 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 come to know our creator, to 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 know the God of the universe. And, and, and people, they'll tell you, you know, you might talk to your coworkers or, or your neighbors or whatnot. And they say, might say, well, I don't believe in God or I don't believe this or that. Or uh, and they might have these crazy beliefs, but way down inside them, they're longing to know the truth. They're looking for the truth. Most people are looking of all ages from young from young children that are curious about things of life and, and, and how things happen to your teenagers that question everything. And to young adults that, that further question, maybe at a deeper level and, and, and they search and look out and it's through adult years and and people that, that find refuge in certain beliefs and religions and whatnot. But yet they're looking. There's a voice of man longing to know Christ. Everywhere in the world today, the voice of man longing to know Christ. You hear the voice this morning. There's, there's different voices. The voice of the child. There's a child in a home where the parents are consumed with themselves and have no time for him. A child longing for hope and love and affection. The voice of this child searching. There's a voice of a teenager that's trying to be uh, trying everything to be uh, to fill the void they have within and longs to have peace in their heart, to be accepted and be valued. There's a voice. The voice of the dull that is tired of the burdens of life and does not know where to turn, what to do or where to get help. The voice of the one who wants to know God, wants to know if God even exists, searches people around the world today that pray to the unknown God, longing God, if you're there, if you're real, send someone to tell me all over the world, searching, many of which uh, are in silence. You wouldn't know unless you uh, tapped in, tapped into that, unless you talked to him. Hear the voice of a child that prays each night saying, God, if you're up there, help me. Help my daddy not to hurt me when he gets home. Please help him to stop going out at night and drinking. The voice of the woman that has been abused over and over and is seeking God's help for a way out. The voice of the one that's at the end of the rope and contemplates suicide because they can't see a reason to live. And they look and they search. Why? Why should I? Why should I continue? What's the purpose of life? There's a voice searching. 
I remember a few years ago in Mendoza, Argentina, I might mention this uh, tonight, the message again in more detail, but we're out, out uh, knocking on doors and, and there telling people about Christ in an entire week. We couldn't get out of a four block radius because everybody wanted to hear about God so badly. Voice of these people, they're longing, longing for someone to tell them the message, longing for someone to be an actual genuine Christian as we see in Scripture. So they, they don't just see someone that says, oh, I want you to come to my church, but to actually see something different in us and is drawn to Christ. People are looking for far and near all around. There's that voice of man. Third and last, we'll close with this, the voice of hell. Turn with me to Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. I want you to see this. The story here. Luke chapter 16 verses 19 through a 29 we'll be reading here it says there was a certain rich man which is clothed with purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day and there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sorrows and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was buried by angels into Abraham's bosom, and the rich man also died and was buried. By the way, I'm a pause here. I just got to interject this. If you're a Christian, a child of God, you have no reason to be begging. No reason. God tells us He'll provide all of our needs. All of our needs. There's plenty of scripture to back. That up and, and scripture indicating exactly what we're to do. And and this 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 poor man had no reason to be begging this rich man's uh, table, but we'll, we'll move on here. Um, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was buried by the angels into Abraham's bosom, and the rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeing Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he might dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, and neither can they pass to us that would come from hence. Then saith he, then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that they may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. And Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. There's a voice in hell that speaks today. The voice that I believe, besides God's voice, is the loudest voice that is being spoken, yet we can't hear. 
voice. I don't like to think about hell for anything like me. And I, I don't, don't like to dwell on it. It's not something I like to think about. But scripture is very clear that there's two places, literal places that exist that our spirit will go to dwell in after our physical death here on earth. That is one heaven with Christ or hell. Places we go to for all eternity. And uh, scripture is very clear on, on, on that. And I don't need to get into and explain those things today. But hell is a real place. Hell's a real place. And sometimes I think we, we just kind of dismiss and we brush it aside. And, and, and yeah, we think in the background, yeah, I believe there's a hell. But, but we don't live a life as if there was a hell. We don't live a life consumed with trying to get uh, our, our friends and our relatives and our neighbors and our co-workers to come to know Christ as their Savior because we don't really believe in our core that much that, about hell. We just kind of dismiss it. I've heard say, um, and you might have heard this, but I've heard say that if we could go to hell for one minute and come back, our life would be changed forever. Hell's a real place, a real place that the Bible describes it, a place of torment, a terrible place. If we go on here in, um, in, in, in Isaiah tells us hell hath enlarged itself. By the way, hell was not created for us. Hell was created for Satan and, and, and those that rejected Christ, those that, that, that went against Christ in heaven, the angels there. Hell was not created for us, but because we in our sins, if we don't come to receive Christ's free gift here on earth, we are condemned to go to that place. And more and more and more people are going each and every day to the place called hell. More and more people, as I see and I think of the world populations, it grows bigger and bigger and bigger. And if 42% have not been reached, and that's, that, those, that's a percentage of people that don't have enough people within that people group that in a one lifetime could reach that people group. There's not enough. 42%. How many are ending up in a place of torment each and every day? Isaiah says, hell hath enlarged. So Proverbs tells us hell is never full. Matthew says it's like a furnace of fire. Jude says it's an eternal fire. Revelation, a lake of fire, a bottomless pit. Mark says a fire that never shall be quenched, where the worm dieth not. Hell's a terrible place. But yet, 1.8 people every second pass into eternity. And just based off of statistics alone, at very least half, but probably quite a bit more, are going to this place called hell. And hell continues to enlarge itself and continues to, to multiply and, and to grow in size. And, and it's a really interesting thing. i got some interesting numbers here. Just from the start of this service alone, just from the start of this service, there is currently 16,072 people that have passed into eternity in the world just since the start of the service. And of the 16,000, I wonder how many are actually going to heaven? How many are actually, the vast majority, just based off the statistics, are probably ending up in hell. It's a terrible place. And it's not that they, they go there for purgatory for, for a period of time. And the person, no, this is for all eternity. But yet we live a life day in and day out and we can care less about, well, what happens over there? And I can care less if my neighbor comes to know Christ and, and I don't really, don't really, we, we, don't, we don't do anything out of our way to try to reach these people. Yet this voice, 
is raising from hell, we see the voice of this man longing, begging. As this rich man begged, Father Abraham, they're in heaven. God, send, send someone to, to, to put a drop of water on my tongue. And, and he, he's denying that request. And then he, he says, please send somebody to reach my family. Please. I beg if you send someone to my family and that rich man today is still begging. Still. Probably a couple thousand or more years later. Continues to beg. I bet his greatest plea and everyone else that arrives that place is, is to, for God to send someone to those that they know. Send someone that they don't have to come to this place of torment. Please. The voice of hell. Yet so many times we dismiss it. We're indifferent. We're not, we're not, we see Christ. If you look at the life of Christ, Jesus Christ lived a passionate life trying to get to everybody. Every time you see him in, in, in scripture, he's going somewhere. He's trying, he's going to the next place. He's, he's healing somebody. He's teaching someone the word of God. He's, he's working with his disciples. He's preaching. He's everything he's doing. He's consistently working hard and in every way he can to try to reach everyone possible. I believe it's because Jesus Christ knew this place called hell was real. And he worked to the greatest capacity he could so that all could come to hear. And we shouldn't be any different. We should work and give our lives to see the world come to know Jesus Christ. By the way, the world can come to know Jesus Christ. It can. And in the disciples' time, uh, and we, we see that they went to the whole world. The gospel message went everywhere back a few thousand years ago. It went across the globe. By the way, it went across the globe without technology. It went across the globe without airplanes, without cars. Yet it spread all across. And today, in a matter of, you can press buttons and have a message seen by the world in minutes. Today, I can get on a plane and within hours, I can be halfway across the world. Today, uh, statistically, we have more money than anyone else in history has ever had. And especially here in the United States of America, Qatar is the richest nation in the world. And by the way, the middle class in the U.S. is, is known to be the richest class in the history of the world. We have more today. We have more means. We have more of everything. But yet, more and more have not hearing. And it only brings him back to the same thing. We are not doing God's will and obeying the voice. Number one, God's voice. Second, we see man's voice that longs for us to get to them. Third, hell's voice. Scripture tells us, as we see in our initial verse in Isaiah 6, 8, ask a question. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom? Whom shall I send? And who? Who will go for us? Then said I, here am I, said me. Could we answer that that way? Could we seize the voice from Scripture, from God, speaking to us and say, God, here am I? I don't mind. We, we might say, you might say, but Benjamin, I don't know what to do. I don't know how God could use me or this. You know, it doesn't matter. 
God's not looking for talented people. God's not looking for money or ability. Or he's, not, he's looking for us to say, here am I, send me. Here am I, can you use me? I'm, I'm willing. God's voice is still asking today. Would we heed that voice? Thank you for listening to Pastor Jamin Wickler from Legacy Baptist Church in Buffalo, Minnesota. More information about Legacy Baptist Church and a library of sermons are available at www.legacybaptistchurch.net.